Hi, this is Ian Sinclair, the voice of Space Dandy and other people. You're listening to Byte. Good job. Hello, all you awesome listeners. My name is Zach Sexton, and you have found yourself listening to the brand new season of the Metagame. That's right. We're back. We're back better than ever. So what we do here is we talk a lot about the esports industry. We don't really dive into the week-by-week scores, but we really take some time to look at those important issues, the big events, and how it affects us, the players. I have three wonderful guests joining me today. I have my trusty co-host, Mr. Chase Newcomb. We have a new person on the podcast who has probably all sorts of knowledge on esports, Mr. Austin Linville. And he's a bite regular, but this is his first full podcast, Mr. Wes Womble. I thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. So, as we do with some of the episodes, I really want to ask you guys a question. Um, like we did in Season 1, what got you into esports? Um... Why do you like it? Your favorite game and something shocking that's that happened over the summer for you. So whoever wants to go for first. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Me, Chase. Uh, so what got me into esports? Uh, really, it was playing. I spoke a lot about it um, on one of our podcasts previously. So I'm not going to go too into detail, but it was Call of Duty esports and Xbox. I played game battles with some friends and a clan that I was in. And then I decided that I wanted to get more into esports, so I built my own PC, and I've been playing Smite since. Um, <clears throat> I've also started a club on campus, uh, an organization uh, where we will be playing esports. And our first call-out meeting is actually Tuesday, uh, September twenty-seventh at five fifteen p.m. in AJ three eighty-four. So if we have any esports listeners that want to come out and see what that's all about, come on in. And that's really what my summer consisted of. I worked a lot on um, trying to get esports established at Ball State and available to pe- for people here to have fun with. So that's really enough about me. What about you, Austin? Oh, okay. So I guess the main way that I got into esports was I played a lot of competitive Call of Duty back when I was younger. And I didn't really take the competitive scene that seriously at that time. And then Chase was actually the one who showed me Smite, and I played it a lot on PC. And I played on his laptop for a while, and then I decided that I wanted to take it a little more seriously. So I built myself a computer as well. And uh, ever since I started playing Smite, I kind of realized that I had a connection with the pro players in the scene, and I kind of had a similar outlook on my career as them. And so I really wanted to get into, or at least show more interest in Smite esports in specific. And, like, I guess, yeah, that was mostly my start in esports. So Awesome. What about you, Wes? Uh, for me, really, I think it started probably when I was a little younger than most. Uh, my older brother actually had, I'm a console gamer, my older brother, uh, back on the Xbox, uh, played Halo 2 all the time with me. Uh, we just started playing, you know, a little light fun. But, you know, as I got my own Xbox 360, eventually I started playing uh, Gears of War, um, Halo, all sorts of competitive stuff like that. Didn't get really too into it, a lot like Austin. Um, wasn't really that serious, but um, eventually, uh, when I got the Xbox One, I was starting to look for more competitive games, and I saw Smite had come to the Xbox One. Um, I'd always wanted to try something like a MOBA, and um, Smite really just kind of fit for me, and since then, I play it so much, it's almost disgusting me um, <laughs> but i mean it is what it is and i think i've gotten to a decent rank i'm ranked diamond and competitive so there you go wow. yeah it's really not that wow. bad in conquest in conquest yeah. pretty good yeah, yeah. wow well so. you guys kind of uh are against me here i'm not much of the smite player but to be fair over the summer i was like okay i'm gonna take a couple weeks and just really get into it and learn how to do it i didn't get very far <laughs> but but anyway yeah so i actually started watching it and uh yeah, that was kind of my summer kind of goal was, okay, I need to learn more about Spite. If I'm going to host the metagame, I need to kind of dive outside of It's been the exact opposite for me. Oh, what, yeah, what would you dive into? I, I knew a lot about Smite, so I was, I was thinking, you know, esports, if there's correlation, like if you look at esports games, Smite, League of Legends, StarCraft, there's different metas, <laughs> different metas and different <laughs> ways of going about each game. So in comparison to actual sports, um, 
I was thinking people that watch sports generally know two to three sports pretty mm-hmm. well, so I should do the same with esports. I should know two to three esports pretty well. So um, I started delving into Smash Bros. a little bit. Hey, that's a good one. Delving into Overwatch, as everyone I think is and, delving yeah, into. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. So yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. So I tried to steer away from Smite, but it always will have my heart. So yeah. it's so been well. To be sure. fair, Smite's kind of a high res has done a really good job. I mean, their characters are unique. I mean, yeah, they've got fan bases not mm-hmm. just for just the game, but it's like yeah. They reach out to the community too through yeah. the Reddit. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I mean, they just had a skin uh, that's going to be posted for the 2017 Worlds mm-hmm. and the Tier Five skin, the tier five skin and it for looks gorgeous. oh, it's going to be phenomenal. It's be great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah, um, I guess, yeah, back a little bit to what got me into it. Um, in the first episode, I talked about my semi-professional stuff. I dove into Gears of War and then Halo and all that kind of stuff. Good games. Um, yeah, they were great <laughs> games, you know. And, you know, Gears of War 4 is coming out soon. So, I am uh, so hyped, dude. Yeah, I'm a grad student now, and uh, I might lose my life to it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, yeah, that, that really got me into it. But this summer, I really needed to dive into more. I know... I, I know a lot about League, and I know an okay amount about some other ones like Smash and even Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I'm a true Pokemon player still at heart. But uh, <laughs> So I started watching some Smite. I watched some VODs and things like that, and I like it a lot. But we're not here just to talk about Smite. Chase, you, were, you talked a little bit about um, your club you're starting, what's going on, um, when that's happening. You're known for being the friendly face on campus. Plenty of people know you. But... <laughs> Talk to us a little more about that process. How's that? How is it going as a whole? I'm actually really curious as well, so I should probably listen in. All right. So <laughs> this process has been pretty um, testing, I could say. Uh, it's been, it's been. I've had a lot of growth from it, but our main thing that we've been stuck on was how we were going to deal with financials. And you don't really think yeah. about that going into an esports club. You're thinking, oh, we'll just get people together and play. But the problem is, what if those people you get together and play go out and go into a tournament, and then they win a ton of money? They each win $2,000. How is that going to affect their financial aid here? How are they going to pay taxes on those $2,000? Is Ball State going to be responsible? Is Ball State not going to be responsible? So as of right now, um, we're searching for recognition from the student center. We have yet to receive it. They're going to be having a meeting um, to – they're going to be holding a meeting to discuss whether or not – to allow us to be a club and Ball State sponsored toward the end of September. We've done some revisions to the Constitution. Austin here actually has been helping me quite a bit with the eSports club. He helps pretty frequently, and he will be the director of, he will be the game coordinator of one of our games within the club. You're taking over Smite, correct? Yeah, Yeah. Austin's taking over the Smite branch, so um, he will, Mm. everything that's underneath Smite and that will go underneath Smite, console or PC, that will be under Austin's authority. So the whole process has been, it's been good. It's like, that's the best way I can summarize it. Because even if we aren't Ball State sponsored, mm-hmm. we're going to be a club. We're and going to be. It's going to be a thing that's happening mm-hmm. with or without university recognition. We want to really push forward into allowing our base of members that want to come in to create themselves professionally and develop themselves professionally within an esports environment. Because, I, for instance, they had the activity fair a few weeks ago, like yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. 174 job opportunities were there. Yeah. Like different organizations, different um, employers were there. 174. Not one was esports, which I can understand, but we need to change it because this industry is growing and it is huge. We did a whole episode about it. We did. We talked about it last. I know we did. So, yeah, we talked about it. So, the Something kind of interesting you brought up, if I may interject right here. Um, the uh, the sponsorship thing with Ball State is actually something I would never have thought of being an issue because when you hear about esports and all that, you hear all their organizations and everything. Um, they're for the players, but as far as we are a college campus, so would the college campus actually keep the money? Do you know? Have you had more talks about this? Yeah. Or? So the the problem with it's it, something right? I'd like to hear expanded on. So yeah. So the problem that's going on as of right now is. Um, we they're focused on how the financials will be dealt and we're trying to like relay to them that that's not really what the club's about yeah yes there will be a compensation if you win a tournament or there will be a compensation mm-hmm. if you go out and compete but we're not trying to put an emphasis on that we're putting an emphasis on allowing these students to get together in teams gotcha. own their teamwork 
they'll have to work in a professional environment. So we talked about mannerisms a little bit um, of, in our past podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're going to be teaching mannerisms within the club. We really want these young, respected adults. We want to form them into competitive players of an industry yeah. so that when they graduate college, they can take the skills that they learn within our club to whatever they want to apply, even if it's not esports related. I think that's a great thing to do. So. Yeah, should be awesome. really interesting, and I think anybody listening should definitely attend the meetings. Yeah, sounds <laughs> like you had a pretty, uh, pretty eventful summer as it went through. Um, I'm happy oh, yeah. to hear that that's really coming through for you. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at our first episode, it was like, it was a process, and now it's really coming through. But to get more on topic with what we are talking about, this episode is ta- called Summer Showdowns. So a lot of things happened this summer. There was a ton of events, and even not even big events, news and all sorts of that, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so... We're going to start talking about kind of different games and what happened, and yeah, we'll go from there. So we'll start with Smite, because you guys are the Smite guys. <laughs> what happened this summer with Smite? Okay, well, we had the Super Regionals in, in the summer, and so we they kind of started deciding you know, which teams were really being serious about the Pro League and which mm-hmm. ones weren't, and uh, it just actually ended recently, the... the uh, Let's see. I guess the Smite Pro League, the summer split, is what it was called. Yes. Just ended, and uh, there were a few teams that were better than the others. Let's see. For the NA teams, there was Luminosity and Soar. They were, I think, they were top two seeds. I believe yes. Luminosity was first, and Soar was second for PC anyway. PC. And then for EU, it was Hungry for More and Energy. I think. You can quote me on that. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. Sorry, Energy, yep. Energy Esports actually. That's something else that happened this summer. This this summer in Smite Esports. Um, one of the best EU teams, Panthera. They mm-hmm. were actually the world champions last year. Mm-hmm. They just got picked up by a really big esports organization, Energy Esports. So now they're sponsored and they have a big, you know, big logo to compensate for their their big, you know, face in esports. Just so. to put it in perspective, since the last tournament, they've only lost three games. I think. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. They're. Their their track record games. is amazing. They're, just the organization's a pretty big thing anyway. They got a lot of money going into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fun fact yeah, about sure. Energy too it was actually uh, Shaquille O'Neal mm-hmm. <laughs> actually started yeah. that one up. Yeah. So interesting. Um, Alex Rodriguez too is a part yep. of that whole yep. situation. So that's really exciting mm-hmm. to see some uh, big name like actual mm-hmm. ESPN type yeah, sports people for sure. And then like Panther has always been a really big team in EU. Like I think like you said they kind of had a close to flawless record this year. It was the exact mm-hmm. same thing last year. They only mm-hmm. lost two three splits in the or two split two or three rounds in the whole split uh last year before worlds as well oh that's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. so pretty ridiculous there's a lot that's been going on within the smite scene for me looking into it it seemed more like it's been routine this year in terms of players competing um it getting posted who won who lost not a whole lot's changed in terms of the environment of the mm-hmm. esports scene in terms of the players competing now in terms of the actual teams, and in terms of the individual players, a lot has been changing, my lord. Mm-hmm. So we're going to yeah, talk about changes. we're going to talk about Lydia Picknell, the Paradigm <laughs> oh, yeah. Smite manager and founder. Okay. So uh, basically, Lydia um, founded Paradigm, which was a Smite team, and it's an esports organization. Mm-hmm. And she put seven thousand six hundred dollars into the company herself. And then recently, this was maybe last month, two weeks ago, she was hit with a $5,700 back tax bill from Canada. And she basically um, told the players that they would play and they had, like, she gave them a contract stating and in the contract that she offered them $1 per month, 0% of the sales from any of the skins, yeah. 50% of the revenue of any individual players, and she wanted 75% of the prize winnings. It was basically yeah. she was jipping them. She was handing them a contract and saying, you guys won Worlds, or you guys got whatever place at Worlds. Mm-hmm. I think it was and, third. Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was third, too. Don't quote me, but third, yeah. you, got, you guys won this sum of money at Worlds, and yeah. you didn't pay me back. So I'm going to screw you guys, basically, and you guys have mm-hmm. to sign this contract. And the players were like, um... No, thanks. Yeah, basically. No, um, yeah. no thanks. They, they didn't um, do any. They weren't taking to it. To so. actually quote, because this is too Ooh. good not to repeat, this is yeah. what she said. Uh, Trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Now you will sign this contract today or I will put you to sleep. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. And wow. that yeah. last part, you're in my world now, Grandma, came from Dodgeball. Yeah. She was quoting Dodgeball. She like thought that this was a game. So the players, including, and these are Smite players that have been around since the mm-hmm. origins. They came to launch. Yeah. Funballer, Lobster, Cuvo Fred, Trix Tank, and Zelia. 
they were like, uh, no. So high res reluctantly stepped in and they award they awarded the league spot um, to the players instead of the organization because mm-hmm. um, this was kind of kept on the down low. And then the players went to high res about it and said, we need your help because the organization's trying to basically kick us off the team if we don't sign this and then they'll have our spot. So Paradigm's been doing well mm-hmm. in the summer split and going into the fall split. They haven't done too bad. I, I can't quote what their win loss ratio right, is, but they're right. they're they're in the they're in the upper percentile. They're they're doing well. They're at the yes, third or fourth C D U probably. Yeah, they're doing they well. Are. They're doing well enough to and where they then, it's competitive. Even then I think they only dropped those few games um out of like I think it was forced just because while well, high res was conducting their investigation. They had to. They had to. So Very I true. think that's the only reason they probably dropped. Um if they hadn't have been if they had been able to play those games rather um, I think they probably would have kept their spot because they're a phenomenal team. Yeah, so. second or third, and like I said, these players have been competing for mm-hmm. years in this game, so yeah. right. they they're getting they're serious about this. Um, so Hires anyway, so Hires stepped in and a league awarded the league spot to the players instead of the organization, and then they quote unquote politely asked Paradigm to remain from being a smite organization. So they basically Ooh, banned yeah. Paradigm, and Lydia's basically uh, banned. So the funny part <laughs> about the story is me personally have tried contacting Lydia three different occasions, mm-hmm. not just for this podcast, mm-hmm. but for other pod, not podcasts, for other um, media events that I've done on campus in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. esports and in terms of working with Byte. And what's funny is every time I've gotten a response from her, she's responded with, yeah, I'd be more than happy to talk to you. <laughs> and yeah. then I'll email her back and she'll never respond. So in yeah. my in my eyes, from what I've seen from the situation, Everyone's like, there's some people that are siding with Lydia. They're like, oh, well, she had to put all this money into this organization. To me, she seems very irresponsible. and uh, She doesn't seem it, to be taking it too seriously. She doesn't. What's kind of funny about that is um, most of the community honestly probably favored Lydia in a brighter light than she probably was. Because um, on Reddit, she's always positive. Um, she was always you know, polite and everything, looking out for the community, stuff like that. She was involved, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then this just kind of came out of left field. And just shocked everybody. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But the evidence is there, so it seems well, pretty. And the crazy part about it is, uh, the, so the team left. Lobster is their captain, and then they joined Orbit, which is <laughs> yeah. another esports organization that has kind of screwed over the Smite scene before. Mm-hmm. And this was more so console too. Yeah, this was mm-hmm. console. This was with console gamers, but um, Orbit. I we won't go into that because they've made their amends. They've fired people yes. who should have been fired. Uh, pertaining to the incident that mm-hmm. happened, and they're looking forward to the future for that. But yes. that whole incident with Lydia happened over the summer, and That's that crazy. was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that happened over the summer um, was uh, there was a player named Allied, mm-hmm. and he had yeah. fourth. Uh, so he was sick at the beginning of the summer. He didn't know what was going on. He just felt like his body was failing. Oh, right. He was in stage was, four cancer. Yeah. yeah. Stage four It cancer. was serious. Um, and it was, yeah. Yeah. it was really actually interesting to see um, because on his Twitch channel, like people that even remember, like I watch his Twitch frequently um, before he uh, obviously had cancer. Um, and he was just such a bright personality. And then you could just see him start to get a little more, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't all there. And it yeah, was just yeah. kind of sad to see. And then it turned out he had cancer. And that was a huge blow to the Smite community because he was such a well-known player. Here's the crazy thing about it. His team won Worlds the year before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had money from it. They mm-hmm. they were they they were well off. Yes. And he took the money and he basically spent his entire savings in the money getting doctors because he, I mean, he wanted to live. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. And the community, when he ran out of funds, he didn't really say anything about it, but the community raised $150,000 for his medical bills. Where, yes. Mm-hmm. How was this raised? Uh, it was raised through Twitch donations. It was raised wow. through fundraising. High res even held um, an event. Yeah, the, the event, I was actually just going to jump into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spring Fling. High res okay. holds yeah. annually just to raise um, mm-hmm. money for different you know organizations and charities and such. But um, this year they actually held it just for Allied, which was really cool to see. And so. it's what's good news now is he's in remission. Mm-hmm. He apparently does not have cancer anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still discovering problems here and there within him. But, I mean, he had to move. This guy who was an esports player had to move back home with his parents. His girlfriend had broken up with him because Ooh. the whole transition was yeah. just too hard. And he was severely depressed, severely depressed. He couldn't walk. He forgot all body function, and he doesn't know if he's going to be able to compete competitively again because 
he he gets random twitches in his hands and he doesn't have full functionality of his hands anymore. Yeah, wow. so. he still goes to chemo every two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he said he like lost feeling in his toes and his fingers. He's just he said him. he couldn't walk for a while too without mm-hmm. a cane. I think he still said he, so he walks still with a cane. He still walks with a cane because yeah. he doesn't want to trip in public. Yep. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So, but he's in remission now and um, hoping for a safe recovery on his end. Uh, I hope that he gets back into the scene. Mm-hmm. So. Kudos to that environment and everything like that and all those players, yeah. um, especially high res. Yeah. Like, every noteworthy pro streamer is like, all donations go to Allied, like, on all of their Twitch pages. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. They wow. all really pulled together for him. Yeah. Well, I, like, I know high res is, like, really good about being involved with the community and doing things like that, but uh, we're going to bring it up now because it's a hot topic and everything like that. Um, let's talk about Paladins and the yeah. issues that's going on with that. <laughs> right. So, so, Paladins was finally released. Mm-hmm. And it's been in beta for a while. I've had it is on it, my is computer. It fully for released or open beta? Fully, fully, fully released. Okay. Fully it released. was an open beta. Okay. So I've had it on my computer for a while. I've played it here and there. I played it before Overwatch came out. Mm-hmm. But when Overwatch came out, um, a YouTube video by the name of uh, the poster was Video Game Donkey, and he's yeah. he, oh, yeah, he's yeah. pretty famous. He's famous in all esports games and yeah. beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, it was posted to Reddit originally in slash our videos by Rennie McIntosh, and it was a video by Video Game Donkey, and it was basically cop- uh, comparing all aspects of Paladins to Overwatch. And mm-hmm. there's an uncanny amount of similarities. There's a lot. So Todd Harris, which is the CEO of Hi-Rez, he basically runs a, a good part of Hi-Rez, mm-hmm. uh, said that they took the elements from their other games, including Tribes, Ascend, uh, Global Agenda, and Smite, um, in order to create the environment that they did for Paladins. Well, they're in the middle of making this game, and then Mm -hmm. Overwatch was announced. Mm -hmm. And Todd Harris said, like, "Uh, what what do we do at this point? We basically have a game that looks exactly like that. So um, he... People were like saying that Paladins copied Overwatch and that Overwatch copied Paladins. And my opinion, humble opinion, I think that it's just an unfortunate matter that has happened. It's I, I really think. just the timing of both games in production. I mean, I, I believe they were both in production um, at the ex- same exact time. same time. Like, 2014, I believe, was the announce of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. I believe Paladins was announced that same year. Paladins was originally another project in 2012, 2012 and yes. then it evolved into Paladins in 2013. Right. was Global beta. Agenda was uh, the uh, project that kind of evolved into pa- like a fantasy version of yeah. uh, Global Agenda. Global Agenda, yeah, it was Global Agenda first, and they based yeah. Paladins off of that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they'd been working on Paladins for quite a while, and then they decided that they were going to put it in an mm-hmm. open beta. Like I said, I was in the open beta for it. Uh, the open beta, it actually, the name of the game that we were just talking about a second ago was called Arium, and that was in 2012. Okay. And then yeah. Blizzard released um, their Titan project, which re- t- turned into Overwatch in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then in 2016, which is now, we have uh, the Overwatch released and then the Paladins release. Well, the thing yeah. is, Hi-Rez is such a small company. Yeah. You have to think, they're relatively small still in the early stages. They've mm-hmm. released some mm-hmm. games that are starting to get traction, such as Smite. Paladins mm-hmm. somewhat. We'll talk into that here in a minute. But um, the thing is, this company is starting out, and they cannot compete with Blizzard. Blizzard has teams upon teams working on projects, yeah. working on Overwatch. They they are very, very... They're they understand, a massive organization, yeah. Yeah, they understand at this point Overwatch is going to be a big. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk We're're, about that yeah, here we'll, in a bit. I'll bring that up in just a bit. But... Um, there's no way a studio with the size, there's no way a studio the size of Hi-Rez's caliber can copy a game like Overwatch yeah. in a year. Yeah. So yeah, they've sense. both been working. Now to say I don't know that there was contacts in Hi-Rez that saw things in Overwatch and uh, contacts uh, over in Blizzard that saw, saw things, things that Hi-Rez was yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. We don't know about all that, but there are a lot of similarities, and mm-hmm. it isn't mm-hmm. ignored at all by the esports community. So, And just to add, I don't think it's impossible that they might have copied off of one another. Maybe this person copied off this or the other copied off the other. But I think the idea of a first-person mobile was always kind of in the back of game developers' minds. Ever since games like TF2, mm-hmm. they yeah. saw a lot of flaws in games like that where um, some of their popularity... Uh, they had issues with that. Like, they, 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 people didn't really want to play their games. Their games were getting modded. People were yeah. going in and hacking and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so they were looking for more of a bring it all together. Let's get a real fan base going for a new game, a new type of game. And that would be a first person MOBA. And it's, I think, a, an idea like that, like I said, has been around for a long time. So, yeah. Hmm. yeah. 
Well, there's the thing is too like it's okay for games to copy other games as mechanics and aspects such as it happens Smite's, all the time. Smite's copied League of Legends. League, right. League of Legends has copied Dota two, and mm-hmm. the yeah. the cycle reverses. It's happened before. But the thing is, there's a character in Paladins. I'm not sure of his name right off the top of my head, but he looks exactly like Reaper. Yeah, his yeah. model and everything. He's even carries a revolver. So yeah, like there there there's a lot of copying going on, and we don't know who copied who. But right now, everyone's looking to Paladins because Overwatch is re- already released. It's already been mm-hmm. out. Well, so. How popular is Paladins kind of? So Paladins isn't very popular right now, right. Uh, even within the community. Uh, they're trying to push for a Paladins popularity within mm-hmm. high-res, but Smite's yeah. obviously taking over that. Uh, here in Smite Worlds, which will be January 5th through the 5th through the 9th, I yeah. believe. Yes. Um, in Smite Worlds, they're going to have a... Paladins tournament, and that's going to be part of the event itself, uh, the four-day event. It's the fifth through the eighth, my bad, and yeah. the, it'll be called the Paladins HRX Invitational. Mm. Um, they haven't released a prize pool for it yet, mm-hmm. but it will be at the event in Atlanta, well, Georgia. Uh, I think DreamHack for Paladins last year. I think the prize pool is about a hundred thousand. I think that's what yeah. kind of the numbers so they're looking at for that. Does it have an actual like developed esports kind of community going about it now, or is it kind of still? In that in it's, between area where it's not really going, it's kind they're, of in its trying. infancy. Trying. Okay. It's getting there. It's in its infancy still. I mean, it, the same thing kind of happened with um, Smite when it was in beta. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just this kind of fun thing you ha- at the time had like LOL and Dota, mm-hmm. um, just kind of sitting there as the two giants, and Smite tried to shake up the mix a little bit. So it was. I mean, it's kind of like that. Smite now has grown. Um, I wouldn't say to the size of Dota or League of Legends, mm-hmm. but it's gotten a lot bigger than it was. Significant, right. yes. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, Paladins isn't going to reach the capacity of Overwatch. It just won't. It won't. Um, no. Blizzard has better advertising. They have better marketing. They have more. Well, they have more. a whole esports division team now. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. So, and the problem is, Paladins, the way that I could see it going is Paladins is technically a free-to-play. Yeah. Overwatch, as we know, costs $60. You have to buy it to play yeah, it. Yes. Yeah. So Paladins, if Hi-Rez is going to market it, they need to market it as a quote-unquote free Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not actually a bad idea. It, it really isn't it because really isn't, no. right now people are turning to TF2. I have friends that live on my f- – I have residents that live on my floor because um, mm-hmm. I'm an RA here at Ball State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they started playing TF2 again because they thought that – they thought that pal- not Paladins. They thought that Overwatch looked fun, and that's the same mechanic. I mean, Pretty it much. all it really came is. from TF2, mm-hmm. which TF2 originally started as a mod of Quake yep. in 1994, mm-hmm. and then it evolved from that into uh, its own game. Because Team-, Team Fortress was a mod, and then it evolved into TF2. Well, which yeah, and Team Fortress was one of those original. Um, <laughs> was one of those original kind of big tournament games too. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's great, but like. Is it? There's also games like Battleborn and those kind of situations that are thrown into that mix. So first-person MOBAs, they this is the summer where first-person MOBAs really kind of developed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Obviously, Overwatch is in the forefront. I mean, TF2 and there's even some small tournaments for Battleborn have really mm-hmm. they got their own stuff going on. But uh, Overwatch is starting to develop. Um, it's kind of hard to follow the Overwatch esports scene. Yeah, because it's, it's there's not a whole lot going on right now. We're like yeah. waiting for tournaments to start happening. We're kind it, of in this weird transition where uh, this is generally the part of the year where events are starting to happen and take place again here mm-hmm. and yeah. upcoming in October. Yeah. But nothing nothing has quite happened since it came out. I think they they're kind of just trying to ease people into. It, they're the, waiting for November. Yeah, because yeah. BlizzCon's coming and BlizzCon BlizzCon they got the whole esports thing going on mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. the. Overwatch World Championship will happen at BlizzCon, but yes. I don't really know who I'm supposed to root for at the uh, at BlizzCon for to win uh, Overwatch's like championship. I don't really know the teams too well. There's a lot of teams mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's no organization system for it, and Blizzard does that for a lot of their games. Um, but do you think that Overwatch gets a lot of people to watch it on, like right. Twitch yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Um, I think it's currently at like number. Four on most yeah, watched at Twitch. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's top ten. I know and, that and, for a fact. And I know a lot of like pro players, like League of Legends players, will be like, "Oh, I'm gonna do a game of Overwatch, Overwatch. between each same with Smite, and same with Smash. Like it's yeah. it's been it's, it has yeah. literally been the side outlet for mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. esports competitors, which makes me believe a lot of these esports competitors from these other games will join together in mm-hmm. Overwatch because yes. this is just kind of like. 
I would say in esports recently, in the past few years, we've been tying a ribbon. Mm-hmm. And I think Overwatch is us pulling the ribbon together. This is going to be the mm-hmm. last final project, the last big project to get esports into the light mm-hmm. that it deserves. Well, I mean, uh, it's pretty big with all media factors, too. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a gigantic transmedia oh, experience. Yeah. And I feel I mean, if anyone can kind of break that, you know, seal into, you know, getting esports known by more people, I feel it could be Blizzard. Blizzard oh, definitely. definitely has mm-hmm. the capacity to get their the game money. market and especially the money. With the, <laughs> especially as, the money. Especially with the eyes that they have looking toward them because they just had the World of Warcraft movie oh, yeah. that yep. was this past mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. they have, there's a lot of eyes on their company right now. So I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're one of the top companies right now in the entire game industry. And they always yes. have been, but yeah. this year really put them ahead of all the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few pro players, because I follow League and everything, um, that have actually decided, okay, when I'm done with this season or I'm done with this year, I'm just going to start playing Overwatch instead. Because they I've have more fun too. with Overwatch. Um, Happens w- in Smite, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one particular player who's pretty famous, because he's probably the most toxic player, or one of the most toxic players. His name is Forgiven. It's not spelled Forgiven. It's like Forgiven Re or something weird like that. Um, yeah. Currently, he's a world champion player. He's going to be at the world's uh, tournament next, or just actually next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always like, well, my team doesn't do good, so I need to quit league. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe one more year. But officially now, he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to give it one big run for the world's championship. And then I'm just going to play Overwatch because it's the better game. And that's what a lot of people are saying is that Overwatch is just the better game. And I think that kind of has to do not so much with Overwatch as the better game. It's a great game. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of these pro players have been playing these games for years. And you can imagine, like, I mean, even, like, in your mundane day-to-day jobs that isn't, like, esports necessarily, you can kind of get bored of it. Um, So if you played a game for thousands upon thousands of hours, I feel like that fresh kind of style of game mm-hmm. like the first person MOBA um, is really what's attracting all these other you know competitive players it's mm-hmm. something new that they can all mm-hmm. latch on to and learn to with together it's it's really a game that kind of develops from kind of uh, old popular things I mean mm-hmm. right now there's the ARG the alternate reality game going on with the character they want to announce and like mm. they're taking a lot of elements from early Team Fortress and even Counter-Strike and stuff like that and I think it's going to be interesting to see what is it ARG ARG. ARG is an alternate reality game. It's I have not heard of that yet. Oh, yeah. So I've in, seen, like, mentions of it. Yeah, I yeah, heard yeah. Too um, much. And I, I won't go too much into it, but ARGs were just kind of this uh, almost marketing experience that some, like, movies and TV shows would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be like, here's a little website just at the end of a trailer, and then you would follow it, and it would go somewhere like that. Overwatch has something going on with their character, Sombra, that's just pretty much that. It's like, oh, here's a cookie crumb. That leads to this website. This leads to another website. Oh. And they decode it and they're like, oh, more information. And then it led to a final website that's like uploading a percentage each day. And then people mm-hmm. are thinking, oh, it'll hit 100 when BlizzCon comes around. So they're doing these marketing things that are really... That is cool. And I think, cool. I think other MOBAs and esports can really benefit from using that kind of marketing. But Definitely. right mm-hmm. now, Overwatch, it's leading the pack and just... Uh, th- their face is becoming the front of esports. I was, I was reading a CNN article just about esports in general and the picture they decided to use and they didn't even talk about overwatch in it mm-hmm. was overwatch like they brought up hmm. like league and prize pools and things like that and they used overwatch so yeah I, and i can't bring up the source to show you guys right now but mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's growing at a just a crazy rate and it wants to combat all these other popular ones oh mm-hmm. yeah but so we're not just talking about smite and overwatch the entire time um I guess I'll put my two cents in as the league guy. Okay. <laughs> league blew up this summer. Um, drama, as always, because it's a dramatic game. <laughs> yeah, for um, And I tried to follow it as best as I could. Uh, started with MSI and, you know, the mid-season invitationals just mm-hmm. were, like, um, teams, the best teams from the world or the ones that won in the spring split really come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And League is known for this kind of international issue. The, like, Eastern nations are always way better. Um, Interesting. Yeah, South Korea and China are just way, way better. North America and Europe just never really have a chance. In the beginning they did, but now we're kind of getting in this trend where uh, it's all becoming one kind of stage. No one's better than the other one. Um, And at MSI, they just destroyed, and all these teams came back, and they were just like, okay, no more vacation, which became the meme is that North America and Europe were always on vacation, especially Mm, G2. Um, Interesting. But, yeah. Um, but then, like, they actually, 
League of Legends is probably the number one game in the world played and everything like that. Yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think I saw a statistic once where it said that one out of every 77 people in the entire world have played League of Legends at least mm-hmm. once. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> this summer, viewership just blew up even more. Like, it's it's the number really? one Twitch channel. It always has been, but mm-hmm. it blew up even more. It yeah. doubled. And it's not just particular fans and not new streamers or anything like that. It just, the content and the quality that they've been, they've been uh, using is just much, much better. Um, but there was all this drama lately about the players, and a lot of players were streaming. Um, with Smite, there's issues with player compensation, and mm. that's more of the mm-hmm. organization's fault. Yeah. With League, there's player compensation, and that's Riot Games' fault. Mm. Yes. Oh, wow. So the prize pool for League of Legends, if you win the World Championship, and it's a big, long year-long thing. I mean, you're playing an yeah. entire year to get to it, and as soon as you're done, you're back at it. And yeah, yeah barely any teams make it. It's only a million dollars. Dang. For the winner, but that—that's to say, like they also. I know that they compensate their players. Their players receive somewhat of a salary in terms of mm-hmm. that they, they're they're able to like actually maintain money throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. in my opinion, I think that that's better. Like this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. but I think that that's better than uh, a slew of eight teams competing throughout the year, and then one team gets all the money. And every other team that competed, it's like, oh, well, I just spent a year of my life toward this game, mm-hmm. and I don't have anything, anything to show for it. Yeah. Right, but there's also this issue right now where players started releasing their salaries. And Ooh. North American players, they get paid pretty decent, but only the name brand players. Like, uh, uh, TSM doesn't release their player sal- salaries as far as I know, but like from what I was calculated, they all get paid good. The other players, teams that do still go to Worlds, like in South Korea and China and stuff like that, they make like nothing. Like even some of the yeah. best players there make the equivalent of like twenty thousand dollars here. Oh my Jeez. god! Wow, it's bad. That's rough. And yeah. So yeah. I had no actually, idea. This is all new stuff. Like the whole industry is like there's no That's... crowdsourcing involved with League of Legends. Right. Really. Like yeah. um, Smite has a skin that goes to the pot, right? Right. And yeah. Dota does a similar process. League doesn't do that. They release this championship championship skin every single year. Nada. Like wow. two days ago, they were like, "Okay, okay, uh, so you guys keep watching. Set percentage is going to go towards worlds and towards the players every single time now. And there's player skins. Each player gets their own skin. They weren't getting the money for those skins. Oh my god! <laughs> like they say they do, but then people are coming out and being like, "I didn't see." So anything. is What's Lydia? Wow. What you're telling me is Lydia's working it right? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Well, Apparently. what's kind of funny, even with going back to that, like the pair, I think um, Hi-Rez is still contractually obligated to pay Paradigm for one of the skins they have in the game mm-hmm. right now. Like it's still they going are. towards if, the if, organization. If so, but it doesn't happen play, for League. If mm-hmm. the player has a skin in the game, they do receive anytime that skin is bought, they do receive compensation mm-hmm. for yes. that skin. Well, I mean, like yeah, in some of the teams, they re- they're supposed to receive compensation, but it's a whole kind of like process. And by the time they get it, some of those teams aren't even around anymore. Yeah, and wow. that's that's what's sad about this industry, and that's something that like wow. really we're going off meta here for a second. Uh, <laughs> that's something that that's something that confuses me and makes me really frustrated with this industry is the fact that players leave mid season and go and join other teams, and organizations drop players mid season. Mm-hmm. I think that players should be locked into the team for the season, cannot join another team. If they quit, they quit. They're done. Yep. And that is what something that like about esports as a whole, because that happens cross platform, cross yep. game mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Players just leave and go join other teams and like startup teams and, and do what they want. And like, it's to, so annoying. To kind of go back a bit further, um, with Smite, there was that whole uh, uh, like snafu, I will say, with uh, the World Championship last year, where you had PC players who weren't making the cut for the. Uh, the world's ticket they were going over to the console and then competing there to try mm-hmm. and get a second chance at a world championship yeah. and they did they and they did. won they won yeah hmm. so so that that's a whole thing that mm-hmm. has happened before in the past so i think it might be getting better as it's getting like I, there's more i'd say so as it's getting more public i feel yeah. like the players are like all right sorry we're not being adults here and we'll stop yeah. well mm-hmm. and then also like uh it was just the roles of some of the people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the league, there was when it, how it originally was was there was a team, there was the manager, there was a coach, but they didn't bring out a lot of outside people. And it's now getting to a point where it's like, okay, we're putting way too much work on one single guy, and we're not paying him enough. So split it up. And so now teams are required to have like an analysis, or yeah, somebody who does analysis, but does a different type of analysis from another person. And they're really starting to organize it in a way that's like. 
we got to look at the player, make sure the player is comfortable and doing well because they mm-hmm. they bring in the fans, mm-hmm. and the contracts are being redesigned as it's happening. And I don't know too much about how Smite does it, but from what it seems, they have a pretty good si- well sometimes a good system on like it's, making sure it's about the players. It's somewhat mm-hmm. similar. Um, you do have generally the players that sign with organizations. At least you'll have the players. Um, they'll generally have analyzers, stuff like that. They'll have you know the org people, you know, mm-hmm. contacting, setting everything up, like flights, you know, for tournaments, mm-hmm. stuff like that, room and board. Um, so it's, it's, I'd say it's pretty good. You do have stuff like Paradigm happening. Yeah. The thing is, the organizations are supposed to set up an, an account for the players getting to the World Championship. Yes. It yes. should be on the organization. But high does a fantastic job of mm-hmm. reaching out to the community and their uh, public relations, I guess right. you could say. They, yes. they want the players to be there and they want the players to be safe they want the players to compete in mm-hmm. their tournaments and they want it to be an overall good experience as a whole mm-hmm. and that's where they've kind of had to step in as the quote-unquote dad a few times to these companies who are just mm-hmm. like oh we're not paying them and pushes them to the mm-hmm. side right yeah i think yeah some other companies in the esports the big giants are supposed to kind of maybe they could take a cue from this um but we can move on to another game. Um, I, I'm not a Dota player. Are you guys Dota players? I've never played Dota. I've never played Dota. I've looked into it a few times. I had a resident on my floor last year who loved Dota. And uh, mm-hmm. we there's a guy who's part of my esports initiative. Uh-huh. His name is Trent Sievert. He is a big Dota guy. He loves Props Dota. to them because like, I've tried plenty of times to get into Dota, and uh, it's hard. Yeah, they had the International in August. It was August 8th through the 13th. Mm -hmm. Uh, This prize pool this year was actually $20,770,460. And the winning team walked away with like a little over $9 million. Yeah. So So good on them. uh, The winning team was Wings Gaming. They were a Chinese team. Yep. And they faced Digital Chaos, which was an American team. And it was kind of an overall upset in the industry period because Evil Geniuses, which won the tournament in Mm -hmm. 2015, didn't even make it to the finals. And here's this Chinese team that came up out of nothing. Mm -hmm. They came into qualifiers, and they qualified and then competed. They won the whole shebang. And then Digital Chaos, which was the American the American team, as we know in esports, especially over in the Europe scene, American teams do not win a whole lot whatsoever of no, anything. No. It's usually dominated by uh, German teams, Swedish teams, mm-hmm. uh, North or South Korean teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we would know about the North Korean teams if even if there were North yeah, Korean yeah. teams. But Digital Chaos lost to Wings Gaming, and they walked away with the prize pool. So mm-hmm. that was that was that was pretty cool in my opinion uh, yeah. to see a team that came out of nothing an underdog uh, team come up and win it all. And you know that's kind of been happening a lot lately. Um, a lot of the big teams are kind of changing. They used to always be the uh-huh. same consistent. Like, oh yeah, this is the team. They'll win again and they'll win again. Mm-hmm. League has SKT Gaming, and although they're in Worlds, I mean nobody's putting them in first place. Yeah, nobody's right. like, yeah. oh you're gonna win for the third time. Mm-hmm. It's like now there's this newcomer G2 that kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think it might be them. That's been happening a lot more lately, which is kind of cool, seeing yeah. more and more teams. Yeah, even though a the more competition. Yeah. So, well, that's great and all. Um, there was also, like, other events going on. Um, DreamHack happened. I didn't – I don't have a lot of information on DreamHack. Uh, I know the CSGO thing was awesome. The crowd loved it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, DreamHack – and the thing with DreamHack is that's, like, the event. Yeah. DreamHack is – it's called DreamHack. Everybody for a loves DreamHack. Yeah. No yeah. matter what esport game you play, everybody loves to watch DreamHack. Yep. Go to DreamHack. So, so a little bit of information on G- DreamHack. Go for it, man. Um, it, we had Masters uh, June 18th through the 21st, or, yes. and then it started. DreamHack itself started in 1994, and it was originally just a guy that was getting together with his friends, and they just were messing around on computers and they were hacking, mm-hmm. and it evolved into that into a, a LAN mm-hmm. event. Uh, where they can, played games together, and then it just kept evolving and evolving from there. So right now, there's over 56,000 people that attend events regularly, mm-hmm. and they have, uh, I would say, six to seven events a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of, if not the most recognized esports event that happens mm-hmm. worldwide, wide, yeah. and it's known in the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest LAN event that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. They host tournaments in uh, CSGO, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Mortal Kombat, um, they just picked up Mortal Kombat this year, yep. uh, Street Fighter, Super Smash Bros, Smite, and they actually picked up Paladins this year too, 
uh, the end along with Pokémon Tournament and Payday 2. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and the thing with DreamHack is it's such a huge event. There's 34 partners that yeah. go that assist in making it happen, and that mm-hmm. includes Razer, uh, Asus, and Logitech and That's Alienware. Awesome. Nice. So. Um, yeah, big companies. The last one for 2016, which is the last one this year, will be November 24th through the 27th, and yep. that'll be in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And then the events that happened this summer, they took place in Sweden, Spain, Canada, and Romania. And then the upcoming events, um, not only this year, but into next year, we'll have an event in Germany. And we're bringing DreamHack to the United States this next year, actually. There will yeah. be one in Texas, in Georgia, and Colorado. That's awesome. awesome. So we're gonna have we're gonna yeah. have huge sports events here, right in our uh, backyard. It's yeah. gonna be awesome. Actually, this uh, this is kind of the year for it to be here in the NA because mm-hmm. uh, finally, well, World yeah. Championship <laughs> for League is a uh, next month, and it's all throughout the entirety of the U.S., which hasn't happened in like years. So, yeah. yeah, and yeah. then we got yeah DreamHack and all that. Um, that's really really cool, guys. And then we have some other coming upcoming events, such as I Am Oakland, which will be fun. That's in I think November, um, and a lot of cool yes. events there. But you, I want I want to shift a little bit here. So we talked a lot about the events that happened over the summer, some new games that started showing up and everything. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's what's the next game? Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to be another fun one to watch? And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Like, have you been playing any games or seen any games that you're like, I think there could be a pretty good uh, esports following for that. For me personally, I kind of got hooked on watching some people stream For Honor and. That game could actually have some uh, pretty good esport kind of circulation developed around it. It's interesting. The game it really itself is. is just an interesting aspect I'm, of the yeah, game. Right? I'm looking forward to it so much. Like, I mean, it's just it looks like so much fun. Even if I'm not going to be competitive in it, just to get a group of friends, you know, together and play some for honor seems like it'll be a really fun thing to do. Yeah. So, and that's a good start. I think actually it could develop more into it. And there may even yeah. be some like actual esports coming from it. But for listeners that may not know. Can you explain to us what For Honor is? Oh, God. Let me... Actually, you know what? I have a definition. I want to pull it up because that would be much better. Um, while I'm doing go. that, do you guys want to go ahead and share like other games that you would like? Yeah. Um, personally, I think that... Well, Austin, you were actually talking to me about Battle, right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. It's a, it's this MOBA, right? Okay. So, it's more of like a battle arena rather than, you know, you have four abilities and you build items and you yes. level up. Um, it's more kind of like Overwatch, where you don't necessarily build items. You kind of just have a character with these skills, and you go out. And it's third person, by the way. It's a top-down mm-hmm. view, like League of Legends. And I had some things written down, I believe. <laughs> um, okay, so honestly, though, Battle Right was not the first game in the series. It's actually a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Continuation. Yeah, it's a continuation of a game yeah. uh, that was popular around 2011 called Bloodline Champions. And it's kind of a sequel to that, and that was actually a direct quote from the the developers of Battle Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, in its first week of release in early access, it was like top seller in Steam. So I mean, wow. obviously, yeah. uh, with uh, numbers like that, you're really gonna have a good outlook for uh, esports. Community. An interesting mechanic about Battle Right is there's no minions, are there? I don't think so. No, no. It's, oh, it's from what I've I've only ever seen like maybe two <laughs> videos of it. But right, um, now, right now, as it stands, uh, there are two game modes. There's two v two and there's three v three. And yeah, there's mm-hmm. no there's no AI controlled uh, uh, enemies at all. It's just now have they talked about maybe adding different game modes in the future? Maybe with those types of game modes to maybe kind of not essentially copy League of Legends or Dota, but be kind of like those games. Or do they want to maintain that you know kind of different aspect for their game? Uh, to be honest, the way that it looks now, I don't see them going for the traditional, you know, three-lane map. It yeah. looks more like it's just going to be a big open area for players to just kind of brawl it out. That seems the more of the direction they're going. I'm not sure it's going to be a typical MOBA, but right now it's being classified as one. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, um, there's some other games and stuff like that that are really starting to develop. I mean, Paragon is finally starting to catch a mm-hmm. little bit of wind. People like it. They don't like it. I don't have a lot of say for it. I haven't I... been able to play it yet. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. I'll say that. I mean, I'll <laughs> never pretty. see it come to console. I will know that. But, yeah. Um, but well, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, I pulled up a little thing for For Honor. So For Honor is... The big thing about For Honor is the multiplayer. There's a single-player right. component, but there's different modes that you can play through. Um, mm-hmm. There's Dominion, Brawl, Duel, Skirmish, and Elimination. I wanted to make sure I get those right because people get mad if you don't. <laughs> um, and a lot of them is just basically the capturing objectives. But what's cool about it is it's... It's more of a it's a hack and slash game, but yeah. it's you 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 
you either play as like a Viking, a knight, or sam- samurai. Samurai. Yeah, yeah, samurai. And another cool component is that it has friendly fire involved with it. So if you're going out and just slashing around, you might kill your teammates. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of organization on like actually taking the objectives. And I, a lot of people like it just because it's fun, but also because people get really invested into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it Maybe may maybe it could be the, the next like kind of foray into um, the whole esports uh, environment. Um, and maybe we'll be talking about it on this podcast eventually. But when I when I first started seeing videos of For Honor, I was so hype. I was yeah. like, "Oh, this game looks so cool!" I remember, I, oh God, what was it? Last E3. Um, I remember watching it. That was it. Blew my mind. I loved watching it. I was like, "I want it right now." And then I found out the release was actually a few years away. And so yeah. it was. The basis oh of gosh. the game is you're a. You're on the side of the knights, the samurais, mm-hmm. or the vikings, and you're storming a castle or base of the enemy team. Yeah. Uh, so if you're on the enemy team, you're wanting to defend your castle or base while they're storming. And that's I'm, I'm sure that's one of the game modes. That's yes. what I've solved for gameplay. Mm-hmm. And there's AI components. So you have your you, – there's four. it's 4v4, mm-hmm. and you have people on your team and people on their team, and then there's AI that you fight in between. But yes. you go on one-on-one combat with enemy players mm-hmm. when trying to take their castle. So – it's weird because it has a Dynasty Warriors kind of spin yeah. on it, too. Mm-hmm. It's got a very particular hitbox system, too, which can be, can make uh, the bad players. It'll definitely separate bad players yeah, from, good, from player. good players. You can't just yeah. go swinging. So. Yeah. Definitely also yeah. separate the good players from the great players, I That's think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could definitely com- uh, kind of create its own competitive scene. And like I said, maybe come down the line, this will be another big topic for a future episode. But since we're running a little low on time, we want to talk a little bit about what we have in store for future episodes. So we promised last year that we would get to this episode about uh, female representation in esports, mm. but we really didn't have the time. Um, yep. But that's actually going to be an upcoming episode that you'll hear in just a few weeks. Um, this season's really about reaching out to the community um, and with kind of kind of the community is growing in different aspects, but also hearing about the individual stories from people and getting their experiences as this becomes just the big phenomena that it is. So we'll have episodes that reach out and talk about like what works well with the community and what doesn't. Um, and then Chase and I had this idea that we will be bringing soon for a little sub-series called Off Meta. And this is where we're going to talk really about these rage stories and the... <laughs> When I couldn't leave the keyboard, my potato caught fire stories. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. And oh. we're going to get stuff like that. And we really want to hear about those, that one game. You know that game where you feel like you're going to lose, and it's like, oh, maybe maybe we should just surrender. Yeah, I played Hebo. Oh, my gosh. Got that quadra, Like, I just came. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. those comeback oh. stories. <laughs> so the off-mat is coming soon, and that'll be really diving into that. But... I really, really want to thank you guys for coming on for the first uh, episode of this season. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's actually been a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and I want to thank the audience for really tuning in and listening. We appreciate it. We've done very well with our past episodes, um, and we have an extraordinary season planned for you guys. But please keep tuned for whatever we have coming, um, and be sure to check out all the other bike content coming. We're really pushing for some awesome stuff. I want to say thank you to my wonderful partners, um, Mr. Chase Newcomb, Mr. Austin Linville, and the Mr. Wes Womble. Thank you all. I've been your host, Zach Sexton. And to all you esport players out there, good luck and have fun.